want to bring a message this morning, a message that a pastor would bring to his flock. For some of you may not understand what we do. As Pastor Carlos mentioned, that big church down the street, I, I want to be able to explain our vision in a very careful way this morning based on the character of a disciple. I believe that God wants to build big churches, but reality is who is the church or what is the church? It's people. So to build a big church would mean to, big, to build big people for God. So the message that I'm bringing this morning as a pastor is I want to help you understand the dynamic of what it means to be a Christian. I'm going to talk about some areas that, you know, may not feel comfortable me saying or receiving, but I want to believe that God is going to speak to you in a very dynamic way this morning. It has been said that ability may get you to the top, but character will keep you there. A person of character is marked by a notable and conspicuous traits. Character cannot be purchased. It's a quality of life lived. The problem with the Christian church today, and I'm going to say the church in general, not Praise Chapel, not First Methodist, not, not the First Presbyterian or First Assembly, is that we have too many people that claim to be Christians and have no character. They can't be trusted. Their wives won't trust them. Their jobs can't trust them. Their friends don't trust them. And that is an epidemic I'm finding in our culture today because we're living in a culture where everybody says, I got to protect mine. In that, they'll violate relationship with God, with man, and they won't walk a straight line for God. And I want to talk this morning about character, about conviction, about believing in something so that you can be that woman or man God wants you to be. Does that make sense? Because God has a plan for your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a plan for your life. But the, and I'm going to tell you what, can I tell you what will destroy it? If you've ever backslid, that won't destroy your destiny. You've ever made a bad mistake, won't destroy your destiny. You know what will destroy your destiny? Bad character. God has to be able to trust you with his very best in your life. The Spirit of God wants to pour out blessings upon your life. He, God wants to help you understand that this morning. One man said, fame is a vapor. Popularity is an accident. Money takes wings. Those who cheer you today will curse you tomorrow. The only thing that endures is character. It is greatly concerned. I'm greatly concerned about situations where character is lacking. I disciple men and women all the time. I work in church all the time. And I'm challenging people this morning. Are you a person of character? Are you a person of character? Are you a person that can be trusted? As you're here this morning, God has a plan. Many believers have convinced themselves, listen very carefully. Many believers have convinced themselves that their questionable and inappropriate behavior can be justified simply because of how they were raised or abused. We live in a culture where if you've been hurt or abused, you have an excuse for the rest of your life to live a questionable life. And I want to tell you something, that's a lie of the devil. God wants to develop character, heal us from our past wounds, so the Spirit of God can bring a new you in you, so you can do what God has called you to do. But we live in a culture, everybody's excused. No more. If we are going to touch the world for Jesus, we must be a people of character. 
Does that make sense? Somewhere we've lost it as we've moved from developing internal character to teaching external appearances. You know what bothers me the most about churches sometimes? Everybody has to look pretty. Looks pretty, talk pretty, walk out the door, you light up, smoke out, do what you want to do, not live in the life. Everybody say amen, just make me feel better. Amen. All right, thank you. See, it's important that we don't just worry about the external appearances. I'm talking about allowing the Spirit of God, listen, to get inside your character so much that he starts building a fortress in your heart so God can develop a real man and woman of God out of you. There is a destiny for this church, and I am so grateful for what God is doing in Praise Chapel. I'm going to challenge you this morning. I've come to challenge you. I've not come to make any friends, but I've come to help my brother and my sister. Do you have character flaws this morning? Do you have areas of your life where you wish were fixed? Do you have character flaws this morning that you pray? And hear me, I feel God as I'm talking this morning. Do you have areas of your life that you wish I wasn't like that? When nobody was around in the middle of the night, I wish I wouldn't think that way. I wish I wouldn't do this or do that. When I have money in my hands, I wish I wouldn't spend it that way. Or when I get angry, I wish I wouldn't say those things no more. Do you have a character flaw this morning? Success models were designed to help people achieve results without impacting one's deep fiber. Models don't help you. What I'm talking about this morning is stop looking at the outer appearance, but allow the Holy Ghost to internally direct your affairs of your heart. To allow the Holy Spirit to internally impact and affect your life. How many could say amen to that? We need to return to an old-fashioned character. And the church of Jesus Christ would be an excellent place to start. Let me ask you a question. Praise Chapel Hanford. You know, we're a little, a little bigger than this church. Size doesn't determine the success of a church. Did you know that? The size of a congregation does not equate to the value of the church. You could have 300 people Sunday morning and have no value. Because it's in the impact that each of you make for Jesus Christ outside of these four walls creates the value of the local church. It is not about the attendance. It is about the attendance of God in your heart. Is he present? Is he able? What does he want to do in your life? So this morning I'm asking you, can listen very carefully, can you build a throne of character where God could sit on? Or would he have to put one of those wipes down like you have in the toilet? Could he sit in your chair? Work with me. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. Could he sit in your chair? See, this morning, what does the word character mean? It comes from the idea of an engraving in a printing business. The printed letter is called a character. The idea is that each character would leave a distinctive mark. So a person's character is defined by the mark he or she leaves behind. Our character is the sum of a person's value, actions, and attitudes. So your character this morning is very simply this. What do you value? How do you behave? What's your attitude about things? See, that's what's going to determine as a strong Christian this morning. Not how much, I'm going to be honest with you, I believe in knowing the Bible. You have to know it. 
But I know too many people that will share scripture but don't have no idea spiritually what the Bible says. They can memorize every book in the Bible, but there is no personal conviction in their heart because they've not developed a character of honesty with God. It is just something head knowledge that they've created. Where this morning, God wants to impact how we're living. We need character this morning. How many can say amen to that? How about this? Character is not a style, but is a reflection of one's spirit and heart. Bad character, bad heart. Bad character, bad heart. Character is not something you have. Character is something. Character is not something that you have. It is something that you are that inevitably shows itself in what you do. Can you be trusted this morning by being distracted by a baby and still hear from God? Interesting enough. How many distractions do we have in our lives that destroy our character? I know men and women that will, cannot tithe to a church, but they will cash their check at the liquor store and give 10%. I know many people that will lie to the welfare department so they can get more food stamps. I know people that will lie. Um, they share dependents with the IRS so they could claim more people. I know people that will lie to make their own insurance cards just to show the cops they have insurance. Yet they have Bibles in their back seat. See, this morning I'm talking about character. Character is not something you have. It is something that you do. And how about this? You don't attain true integrity without a series of behaviors. How many want integrity this morning? How many ones are living right for God in a better way like they never had before? How many, be honest with me? And can you be trusted with your word? Even when you don't feel it. Even when you're a little shooken up. Even when you're mad. Even when the pastor makes a call and you don't agree with him. Even when things don't go your way, can you still be a trustworthy person? See, this morning as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have to hear the heart of God. Do you obey God? And how about this? Can God still command you? That's a heavy thing tonight. Can the Holy Spirit tell you no? Are you just telling I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just letting you know. See, this morning, we're talking about character. Look at Psalm 15, 1 through 5. Psalm 15, 1 through 5. How many are hearing me this morning? Character, trustworthiness. I work with Christians, and believe me, Hanford, you know, it's a, it's a rough place. People say, Pastor, we just got to, you, know, you don't understand, Pastor. How are we going to make it? If it's wrong, guess what? It's wrong. See, there are things in our lives that I'm going to challenge you on as a Christian you have to make a decision. How am I going to live? Well, and it, can I tell you, it's, 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 it's tough to say, but it's costly sometimes to do the right thing. It costs us something. It will cost you to be that husband or that wife. It will cost you to be that Christian. It will cost you to be that son. Every valuable relationship is costly. 
You can't ever enter a relationship without a cost being spent. And many times the cost that we'll have to spend is being a people of integrity and honesty so that God can use our lives. That means in the shadows of our lives, we don't allow any secrets. We allow the Holy Ghost to get a hold of us so we can do great things for Him. See, Psalm 15, verse 1 through 5. Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell in your who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. I like that. Who walks blamelessly. That means you live right. That means you don't talk sugar to your friends and your brothers and you curse at your wife. That means you don't worry about, you don't want to offend your brother. But your family members, you you aggressively approach. He who blameless, who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor. I like that. Can I tell you how are you with people? Integrity means how you deal with your neighbor. You don't neglect your neighbor. You don't rob your neighbor. You do what is right. See, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money and interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Can I tell you, the person that will be a survivor is the one that is not moved into a place of a lack of integrity. That means you, you value each other. How many know we have to value each other? We have to value our people, our family. We have to value the church. If God tells us to do something, we must be honorable people. No secrets. Secret sin is a cancer. It'll expose itself. It'll eat through the insides. It'll expose itself through your skin. What you do in secret, Satan will nail on a wall openly. What I'm speaking about this morning is people being a people of honor. See, as I'm reading scripture this morning, David's life reminds us that integrity must continue to be built in our lives through the disciplines of faith. We cannot place confidence in our own integrity and relax and become lazy or we will soon regress into a pitiful state. Disciples, you can't be lazy no more. And I'm talking about... And I'm not talking about, Pastor, what can I do for you? Pastor, I'm, I'm talking about you and your relationship with God, keeping your discipline sharp. You're reading your words. You're praying. You're doing what God has called you to do. Because you could fake it. I've been in church a long time. I've seen people fake it. And I don't want, I don't want Praise Chapel Visalia to be just a place where people can act like Christians Sunday mornings. One man said, No matter how much we try to hide our actions, our integrity or lack of it will always show through. I'm talking about the the person that, 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 remember how you used to live? That dope fiend kind of attitude? The kind of, let me hide it. Oh, that wasn't me. Oh, I don't know who that person was. I don't know who called me. I don't know where the money went. I've never heard, I've never seen them before. It must have been a mistake call. See, integrity means that your phone could be exposed and have no problems. Integrity means you're, if God were to pull a receipt of how you spend your money, 
would be honorable. See, today, we talk about we can't tithe or we can't do this, Pastor. We can do a lot of things if we just put priority into it. See, this morning, I'm, I'm challenging us. I know it's a tough message, but it's about integrity of heart. How about this? Working through the tough times of marriage rather than throwing in the towel. Being committed to the well-being of another, even if it is personally costly. Are we committed to each other this morning? Are we committed as a church? You know, willing to be able to go the extra mile. See, setting a good example, even if it requires playing a difficult and unfamiliar role. See, everybody say difficult role. I'm sure they got something about serving God. It's not natural. It is unnatural to serve God. You know why? What does your flesh want to do naturally? Sin and do it right. Right? Your flesh doesn't say, oh, just give me a little bit. I'm on a diet. No, the flesh goes, give me it all. <laughs> right? Amen. Your flesh doesn't say, ah, just give me a little bit. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You know what the flesh does? Give me everything. And so as we're speaking this morning, the flesh wants to destroy you. And you must have integrity to serve God. See, being accountable for one's actions is and accepting the consequences. Ultimately, true character is a willingness to do as God has commanded us to do. Character is who you are when no one but God is watching you. Do you care that God is watching you? See, I, I preached this message, and this is the point that came on my heart. Did you know that God knows you? Is that comforting? How many know that's comforting that God knows you? And how many know it's also terrifying? It's scary for me. Because, you know, I receive comfort that God knows me, but it's also kind of scary because that means he knows everything about me. Am I right or wrong? But see, if we live like that, our integrity levels will rise. Because then it's not you sitting on the throne. It's you obeying God in the throne of your heart, saying, God, you are Lord, and I want to have integrity. I want to serve you. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to just jive and connive you. I don't want to lie. I, I want to be right with people. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't, want to, I don't want to be full of lies and anger towards people. I want to be honorable with God. How many want to be honorable with God this morning? How many can say, I want to be honorable with God? Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you can say, I need integrity better? I need more integrity in my life this morning. How many? Be honest. I'm not going to ask you what it is. But you'll say, you know what? I need more integrity. How many of you know that one person your life that can't trust you because you hurt them. That one person that when you tell them something, you get flashbacks because you know what happened to that relationship. My point by saying that, every single one of us can correct something to have better relationships with God and man. And the way that developed and unfolded is being a person that walks blamelessly with God. And when, you, when something's borrowed from you, you don't charge interest on it. You just say, God, I'm, it's yours. I'm going to let you so-and-so borrow it. This is a hard message. I know that. But I know that there are Christians in this room that need to hear the message of integrity and character and conviction. It's about what you believe. It's about who you know. And don't allow nothing to move you into a place of controversy, into a place of conflict. But you say, God, I will serve you no matter what, and I will be a man of integrity of honor. I'm not asking you my position. I, 
It was a, I've been going through some health issues lately, and today I feel really messed up this morning. I'm dizzy in my head. And God spoke to me that I had to preach this message. There are times I don't feel like doing what I say I have to do. There are times I don't feel like getting up and praying. I would love to just sit in bed and eat Pop-Tarts, to be honest with you. My wife knows this. She knows it's the truth. But I got to get up and have integrity. I was very sick a couple weeks ago. I had a hard time. I have a back problem. And, I, and I'm just sharing this with you because I'm like your, I'm, he's your pastor, but I'm his pastor. So we're, we're spiritual children. And I'm sharing you my heart and of our fellowship is commitment and even fatherhood in terms of pastorship. And I, I had to get help getting out of the shower and getting ready for church. And my wife was saying, why are you doing that? Call one of the pastors to preach for you. And you know what? It wasn't pride, but it was integrity. God said, no, you, you're the pastor. You suck it up and go to church. You suck it up and go to church. Now, I'm using slang. God doesn't speak like that. I do. But everything God speaks can be translated into our vernacular. Do you know how we understand things? Okay? That's how the Holy Ghost talked to me. Okay? So when I went to church, God moved. It was a move of God. We've been having a move of God. This morning, 120 people in church this morning. And I'm so excited for what God is doing. But God can't move in a man's life that has dirty hands. Hear me. Even a woman cannot have dirty hands. That means what you do in your heart will be displayed through your life. And the Holy Spirit desires to work in your life. And you have to have integrity. I hear my heart this morning. Honesty. Honesty. You know, Pastor, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to show honor and respect. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Help me with me this morning. <coughs> See, being accountable for one's actions and accepting the consequences. See, the reason why many of us are hurting this morning we won't accept the consequences of our failure. We go into, pobrecito mora, poor baby. We, we want pampering. When the Holy Spirit wants to say, you know what? You need to get up. You need to let God work in your life. See, Deuteronomy 6.18. Deuteronomy. 618. The Bible says, You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. I want to share with you something. Those of you may not quite understand the dynamic of this, but as a church that has been planted in Visalia, there is territory for us to take dominion of. There's land in this whole city that needs to get saved. There are people that do not yet know the Lord, but God has commissioned a pastor to come to this city to reach the lost. God has commissioned, listen, ordained and commissioned a pastor to reach Visalia. According to that verse, the only way we can have dominion of the land is by being an upright people of heart and being a people of integrity, <coughs> and always have clean hands with God. 
See, that it may go well with you, that you may go, may go in in possession of the, of the good land the Lord swore to give you. Your pastor is here today because God spoke to him about coming here. And there is a land for us to conquer. There is a dominion for the power of God to assault. God wants to assault the, the darkness, the spirits of evil in this city. And the way he does that is through integrity of the disciple. I'm going to tell you what, he doesn't ordain walls. He ordains people. He doesn't anoint chairs. He anoints people. And he, he, he commissions people to go into the land, win the laws, preach the gospel, create ministry. Why? So the people can get saved. We need to reach more people for Jesus. And the only way we're going to ex- receive the dominion of God is if we are a people of character and integrity. And what we say we're going to do, it, we do it. Let me give you an example. I know you don't have this problem. People in my church, sometimes they, they can't afford to tithe. But they'll walk in with brand new blazers, or blazers, uh, jerseys, new shoes, brand new things, videos, movies. They just saw the latest movie. When it comes for the offering, oh, thank you. Let me share with you something about that offering basket. Be very careful. I'm painting a very safe picture. That offering basket is an anointed thing. It's a place of conviction for you. In my church, I tell the ushers, everybody has to touch that basket. It's a point of conviction. What are you going to do when it touches you? Are you going to give? Are you going to give? It's a point of conviction. When I hold my wife's hand, it's a point of conviction. It means, how am I going to live knowing that she's in my life? How am I going to handle her? Or what am I going to handle before I handle her? Who am I going to treat in comparison with her? There are many points of conviction in our lives. God uses an offering basket. He uses people's hands. And yet we have people that they say, I can't give or I can't get involved. But yet we'll sit there and watch TV all day. We'll watch Netflix all day long. See, that's a point of conviction. I'm not preaching against TV. I'm not preaching against brand new things. I'm preaching about our hearts messed up where we won't allow God to speak to us at that place of conviction. We dealt with a brother once who was telling me, you know, Pastor, I can't afford to give, but I smoke. And he gives us a cigarette. It's like 500 bucks a year. Now, see, here's the point. My point is this. There is something in your life right now, I promise you, everyone has it. It's a point of conviction where God challenges you on this one thing, maybe lying, maybe gossip, Maybe a wandering eye, maybe lust, maybe violence, greed. I don't know what it is, but it's a point of conviction where the Holy Spirit is telling you, I must be victorious in your life. I'm going to tell you something, disciples, Christians, those who say they're following Jesus. There's a point in your life right now. The reason why there's a cycle, and most Christians have cycles of victory or, de- or defense. Victory, victory or lose, victory or lose. You know why? Because they simply will not get through that victory. And so this morning as I'm speaking, I'm trying to, you know, I know the word encouragement doesn't come up to the first thing we think about when I'm, the sermon I'm seeing, but I'm trying to challenge you on your area of conviction. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15 
verse 13 through 15. Bible says, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. How many can admit that's hard doing good all the time? How many can admit it's hard being good all the time? But you know what the Bible says? Brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Look what it says. I'm going to read the whole verse flow with me. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that matter. Have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed, yet do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now that's tough. You won't find that on Joel Osteen, I promise you that. You won't find that on TBN, my God. They're going to read a little Mickey Mouse translation or something, or the, the Bible according to Daffy Duck or something, but they ain't going to read that one. You know what I mean? You ain't going to hear that on TBN. It says, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. You know where the warning comes in? Somebody that is not being obedient to the word of God. Whose job is it to keep everybody in line? Maybe. Who else? Ourselves. Look what it says. Do not regard, go back to verse 13. Now as for you, brother. Oh, it's plural. So therefore, it's a responsibility to the congregation. Therefore, as you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing this. So listen, Paul is encouraging the church. I want you guys to be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged. Verse 14. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may, not be, he may be ashamed. Now, some of you might be saying, that's pretty harsh. Pastor's being mean. Right? Pastor's being mean. He, he's telling us we can't hang out with, with, with Pepe over there. We like him. He has, he's funny. Right? You know what the Bible's saying? Now, hear what it says. But as you brothers do not go and doing good, anyone does not obey what we say in this letter. See, there's a sense of conviction we must have on what is right and what is wrong. And the Bible specifically says, warn him, not as an enemy, but as a brother. That's where accountability comes in. That's our values, another value of accountability in our fellowship. Be accountable for your lifestyle. If, if you're messing up, you bring somebody in that can help you establish how you're living. See, you allow somebody to come in and say, you know, hey, I'm struggling, Pastor. I need help. We, we, we need help. Look at um, 2 Corinthians 8.21. Second Corinthians 21. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. Everybody say accountability. One of the key values of our fellowship is accountability. You cannot say you're right with God and yet not be right with men. We believe in accountability in our fellowship. That means I walk right with God and I walk right with my brother and my sister. I won't live a hypocritical life. 
I won't defraud my brother by my lifestyle and hypocrisy. It's heavy on him. Everybody say, it's heavy. You're scared now, but don't be scared. I'm almost done. See, this morning, are you living? Now, people say, how many heard this? Man can't judge me. How many ever heard that before? You know, that's not biblical. The Bible says that we can't judge the world, that they're going to hell without Jesus. We can't. It's not our responsibility to judge sinners. We want to reach sinners. But it's when people who say they're Christians and they act wrong, we have to warn them, the Bible says, not as an enemy, not call them names, but love them and say, you know what, brother, if you know Jesus, you got to live right. Does that make sense? See, and then it says here in 2 Corinthians, it says, very, it says it, as we aim at what is honorable, what does honorable mean? Respectful. No hidden trash. You know, like our, if you have little kids, you know what they do when they clean their rooms, right? They all shove it in the closet. <laughs> How many love that? Have your kids do that before? And, and the one I call the smart one is the worst one, you know, because she's like really bright and reads everything and then shoves everything in her closet. Well, she does all the time. A lot of Christians do that with integrity. They, they just shove it away. They don't get rid of it. They don't clean it up. They just hide it. That's dangerous because we'll never be the person God has called us to be. So real quickly, it has been said that adversity can make us or break us. If you're being challenged this morning about conflict, about conviction, about doing the right thing, about doing the, about your concern, about doing the wrong thing. I'm going to share with you some, some challenges. Number one, number one this morning. Do not become prideful and vindictive by taking things into your own hands. When you're being challenged on living right, look at Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. See, trying to be a person of integrity, you know what that means? You're going to be going through some pain. You're going to feel uncomfortable doing the right thing because some of your covers might get exposed. And you're going to have to deal with the reality is, how am I supposed to live, right? The Bible says, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So the challenge for us this morning is when you are under attack, because you're trying to raise your values, people will attack you. Oh, now you're a Christian now. Oh, now you want to be Miss, you know, Miss Sally Saved, you know. You weren't acting too saved last week, you know. And you know, you tell them, no, but I, I'm going to serve God. And they may attack you, but you got to let God defend you. Right? Number two, don't react. Reflect. Let me tell you something, Christian. Going through hard times is going to cause you to do a couple things. Reflect. Don't be angry with somebody. When your covers are exposed or your character is exposed, pull back and say, you know what? Wow, that person's right. 
Don't react in a prideful way to cover your sin. But allow God to bring peace in your heart. Okay, listen, I know this is a hard message, but listen, doing the right thing is not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. And you know what? If you're doing the right thing and you come under attack, the Bible says God will have your back. There you go. I'm a rapper now. Under attack, God has your back. You can use that, brother, if you want. <laughs> Throw some beats on if you want, brother. Come on. Psalm 4610. Psalm 4610. How many enjoying this this morning? I know it's hard. I know. I'm leaving soon, so it'll be okay. In sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have not required. 4610, I'm sorry. I'm reading that verse. That's a good verse, but not mine. Forty-six ten. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Let me tell you something, disciples. When you're under attack and you feel like, you know what? Everybody's assaulting you because you're trying to do the right thing and your character's being challenged. Be still and let God be God. Just sit back and don't run. Don't do anything that's going to hurt you. Just step back and let the Spirit of God just come in and protect you. Because if you respond correctly to God, not to the pain, because you know, you know pain is good. Did you know that? You know why? Well, why is pain good? Well, it teaches you something's wrong. See, if you didn't have any pain, you wouldn't know you were sick. So when we go through spiritual pain, God is telling us something's wrong. Something's wrong. And I'm being challenged. And we have to have character. We've got to stand strong. Don't react, reflect. Let the Spirit of God take full control. Does that make sense? Thirdly, let God deepen you. Don't allow Satan to destroy you. There's some in this room have treated life very shallow with no depth. See, when you serve God, young disciples in this room, and a young disciple is not a person of age of young, of youth, but it's how long you've known God. There has to be a place in your life where you start understanding that God wants to do something in your life. He wants to deepen you, stretch you. And sometimes doing the right thing will cause you to feel like I'm being broken. This hurts. This hurts. I'm embarrassed. What do people find out? Or What's going to happen to me? You know what? I'm encouraging you. God's going to deepen you and allow his character to be poured into your life. See, don't give Satan a shot at tearing away your faith. God wants to use your pain as a point of contact of character development. See, don't, don't run no more. There's some disciples that I work with. When it gets tough, they run. They bolt. 
They don't respond well because it hurts. Right? Because even a, a disciple that's been sat down or a disciple that's been redirected, you know what happens is they got to receive that so they can grow, be protected. They need to protect their destiny. Protect your destiny. with this this morning. <coughs> if you will not develop character, you'll crush your character. You'll, you'll crush your courage. If you do not allow God to work in your life, your courage will be crushed. I've seen people from all segments of society, inside and outside of the church, lose confidence in themselves and their decision-making ability through compromise. This morning, I'm issues of compromise. Your spirit will be crushed. You will be discouraged by not doing what God has called you to do. God's blessings are withheld from the disciple that will not grow. I know, I know disciples that will blame the devil, blame their pastor, blame Praise Chapel, blame a denomination, when really it's them that has to get fixed. Does that make sense? Look at 1 Corinthians 4, 5. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things that are hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart that each one will receive his commendation from God. See, the biggest encouragement for you today is that one, you know, expose yourself to God. But the one that is hurting you, God will expose their heart too. Our job is just to live holy and right before him. Does that make sense? So that, so that the spirit of God can, can ignite a fire in us, a really spiritual fire, because we're honorable. We're living for God. We're doing what God has called us to do. That's heavy this morning. See, your destiny may be waiting for you to start making right choices. Because I know there's a destiny in this church. I see churches being planted in the next few years. I do see that. I see soldiers being sent out of this church to take this land. But they can't do it unless their hearts become honorable before God. So they live right before God and they live right before man. It's funny, though. Joke. It's kind of a dog joke. This plays my goat. Um, I talk about my funeral. Not in a morbid way, but you know, what kind of songs? You know, my, gets my wife mad. You know, I describe my funeral. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Okay, I'm just getting rid of it. But you have. It's a dog. All right. And you know, he, this is an interesting quote. What those closest to me would say on that day. Depends what I'm living like today. What people say about me over that casket will be the man that I am today. What would they say in their heart? If I were to lay in a casket today and my kids would look over that casket and look at my face, what would they say? What would my church say as they walk past my casket? What would they say? It's heavy stuff. Because your life is going to be challenged. 
Your life's going to be questioned. Let me read that again. What those closest to me say on that day depends on what I'm living like today. There's an old Korean proverb that says, when a tiger dies, he leaves his skin. When a man dies, he leaves his name. Our legacy is our character. You may be broke, poor, but leave the richest legacy to your family by the decision-making process of today to live for God. So when people look at you, what would they say? And, and you know the sad thing is? You know. Because you know who you are. And so character and conviction of living right with God is really what we have left. So I ask you today, who are you when nobody's around you? Who are you when you're by yourself? When you got that clicker, what do you watch? When you're on the internet, what are you looking for? When you're on your Facebook account, who do you look up? Who do you befriend? When you're looking for those people, why? Well, because you just want to be friendly. No, it's a trap of your integrity that's causing you to walk away. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed the message. We pray that it helps you in your spiritual walk with Jesus and encourages you to be the person that Jesus wants you to be. We are Praise Chapel Visalia, and if you're looking for a church home, you can come and join us Sundays at 10 a.m. at 110 Northeast 1st Avenue, Visalia, California. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay current with our latest sermons. And also you can find us on Facebook at Praise Chapel Visalia. Thank you and God bless you.